welcome to Church on the Hill. We're so glad you're here. The Lord is here. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, many of you may struggle, may battle with sharing the gospel to your neighbors, to your friends, to your family. Well, one great way to do that, to help kind of break through in that, is be a part of Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames. That way you don't have to carry that whole burden, even if you're serving in the child care, even if you're just a counselor, maybe you're an actor, maybe you're setting up and tearing down, you are all a piece of people coming to the Lord. And uh, if anybody here can hear my voice, you're called to sign up for this event. I don't care if this is your first Sunday here. The Lord brought you here to sign up for this event. The Lord brought you here to help further His kingdom. And this is how we're trying to do this. I want to I encourage you. This, this in the past has never been a big church growth tool. That's not what we're after. We're not after, can I say coth? Do you all ever see this in our newsletters? We use the word coth all the time. Coth is church on the hill. So when I say coth, when you see coth, I'm sure a lot of you have thought, what's coth? Church on the hill, short, short way of saying that. But this is not a ch building church a Koth event. This is a building the kingdom event. This is trying to reach our city, our county for the Lord. This is a missions trip, not to bring these people back to our church, but to bring them into the kingdom of God. Please be a part of this. We cannot, the church is not called to do this by the pastor and the pastor's wife and the staff alone. You will not read that anywhere in Scripture. Every part has to play its part. Every person. And you are that part. I want to encourage you. David Tremblay says, I feel like I'm led to act. What kind of parts? Can they please give me the lines? I'm like, David, it's just a very small portion. You'll just, five minutes. You're not required to sit here and have 50 lines. Very easy. Anyone can do it. And it is impacting. Impacting. Please, please get on board with us. Be a part of furthering the kingdom. And let me just say again, I went, uh, not again, but I went to a conference this weekend. Pastor Rob put a brochure on my desk, and I'm sure he didn't think anything about it. But I decided, I'm going. I don't know what I'm going to get. I don't care what I'm going to get. I'm just going to find myself where the word of God's being preached and see what can happen to me. And let me tell you, God is moving in our city. God is moving in our city. And let me tell you, he's going to move here. And I'm up here dancing to this Our God, and I look half retarded because I'm just, you know, I can't hardly get the beat. Da, 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 da. Where, where, where do I step? And I'm sorry I use the word retarded. I'm not trying to be um, insensitive, but I do. I feel awkward. And, I, and then, then the, Satan comes and tries to take away. It's like, who is this fool? Is he the pastor? What's he doing up there? Let me tell you something. I will be even more undignified than this. I, I just want you to know, Elizabeth and I have spent a lot of time yesterday just talking about the church and talking about our walk, and God's doing something here, and we're going to be found right in the middle of it. And I want to encourage you, get on board. Start with heaven's gates and hell's flames. Let's start with salvation. Let's start with the blood of Jesus. My mom came up with this logo, heaven, yes, hell, no. I'm kind of wanting to put it up on the billboard, but Elizabeth's like, I don't know that people will get that. <laughs> if we can just get them to look, 
process. We're numb. We're numb to advertisement. We're numb to stuff on the radio. I like that. It's edgy. And you know what? It's us. Maybe I'll put it up. Maybe I won't. You know what? I, I don't mean this funny, but our city needs the hell scared out of them. You know what? There is a hell. And we've gotten away from preaching on hell. There is a hell. And people are going to hell. And this is an attempt to rescue our city. And we're not going to try to take away from other churches. We're going to set this up so that if whole youth groups come, their youth pastor is going to be able to come and have their own room to minister to their own kids. We are not after their kids. We are after their souls. So please... Get on board. I'm going to tell you again at the end of service, get back there and sign up. You ever had your parents say, you get up and you go do that? <laughs> Sunday school teachers, help me. Life group leaders, help me. I don't mean y'all do all the work. I mean, get your people to do it. Get them signed up. Let's go. There's a kingdom out there to go rescue. There's lives out there going to hell. Let's go get them. All right. Hallelujah. Now let's be blessed. Amen? Two weeks ago, we started talking about blessing, and do you remember the scripture? You know, do you want more of God? Let me tell you, I want more of God. I want more of God. And let me tell you something, there is more to be had. There's more for you. There's more for me. There's more. And it's good. I want more. We've been talking about being absolutely blessed, and our scripture two weeks ago was Luke uh, Luke 6, 37 and 38. Judge not, lest you be judged. Don't judge. Don't condemn, lest you be condemned. Forgive, and you'll be forgiven. You want in the blessing? Change your way. You want want people to stop judging you? Stop judging them. It's not your calling. It may be your gifting, but it's not your calling. It's not your gift. You might have just kind of Work that muscle enough to where you're good at it. Time to, break a, time to break a habit. One of my children this week, we keep trying to, to form them and say, don't do that. And th- th- this one of our children said, it's a habit. You're right. Well, break it. Don't give me an excuse why you're going to continue to do it. Break it. You know what? The church needs to break the habit. They need to kick, not kick the bu- bucket, kick the, yeah, they need to kick the bucket. We need to die to ourselves, to what we want, so that the Lord can give us what He wants. And I'll tell you, it's good. It's good. As we looked at that scripture, Luke 6, 37 and 38, it talks about giving. And I believe that the pathway to blessing is in our giving and receiving. In scripture, there are 2,130 scriptures in the Bible that talk about giving. Do you know why it's like that? It's because God is just like you. God created you in His image. God's the one who put it in the hearts of parents to want their kids blessed. I want my kids blessed. And He knows that you're not going to be blessed unless He can get the spirit of your life in the place that He wants your spirit to be. Proverbs eleven twenty five. It says, a generous man will prosper, and he who refreshes others is himself going to be refreshed. 
Do you need refreshed? Refresh somebody else. Quit looking for everybody to refresh you. Refresh them. God's saying that generosity is a key to being blessed in life. This is a principle that if you're judgmental, a condemning person, nothing good is coming back to you. It's reaping and sowing. But if you learn how to give and forgive and be a part of making good things happen in the world for God and for other people, you know, there's God, you, you can never outgive God. You can't do it. It's impossible. You have limited resources. He doesn't. Listen to what Solomon, one of the richest men ever in history, richest man in his day, taught his son in Proverbs 4.23. He said, son, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of your heart are going to spring the issues of life. Let me ask you, do you know people that have issues? I know people that have issues. I know you know people that have issues. Do you know it's not their circumstance that's their problem? It's their heart. Out of the heart spring the issues of life. Out of the heart spring the issues of right. Uh, uh, spring the issues of life. Get the heart right, you'll get the issues right. Issues will still come. But how we handle them, where our heart is, will make a big difference. It's really a heart issue. This absolute blessing, this little section of this big series that I'm doing is on the heart. Not the circumstances around us. This is what Jesus wants us to learn. God has no trouble getting his blessing to you. But first, he's got to deal with your heart. So this morning, as I close this message on the heart, I want us to look at what God says to do to develop a kind of heart, a generous heart that God, that God, uh, that God has in store for us in order to bless us. There is one chapter where God dealt with Israel about developing a generous heart. And he starts talking about what promises God has for us. Let's look right here in Deuteronomy chapter 15 verse 4. It says, there should really not be a poor person among you. For in the land I'm giving you to possess as an inheritance, I'm going to richly bless you. Now I don't want you to get this wrong. It doesn't say that people aren't going to be on welfare. It doesn't say that people are, going to, are not going to go through hard times. We are. Troubles come. Storms come. It rains. It rained today. Didn't it? It says it rains on the just and the unjust. It's going to rain. The truth is God gave very detailed instructions about how Christians were to receive people when they're going through hard times and when they need help in various times of their life. God said, even when they're going through hard times, I want, them to be com a compa I want there to be a compassionate church where they can learn that I have the ability to bless anybody beyond hard times that they're going through. The next verse says, if you fully obey the Lord your God and if you carefully follow these commandments I'm giving you today, today God is an if-then God. We have a part, church. We need to fulfill the if. As a person, as a church, you're going to find a blessing. You're going to find that God will begin to change your life. If you fully obey the Lord your God. I am not a works. You cannot get to heaven by works. 
You cannot. You cannot earn it. You are not good enough. You don't have enough. You can't dress yourself up enough. Works will not get you to heaven. But faith without works is dead. We receive Jesus Christ by faith through grace. We receive it. We don't warrant it. We don't deserve it. There is no reason why he should have done that for us, yet he did it. We receive it by faith. What is faith? By believing in his son. We receive that gift of salvation. However, if we really receive it, we should change. Either you change your life for Christ or I don't believe you get saved at all. Is it a game? Or is it transformation? Is it conversion? Is it salvation? Have you really been saved or have you just prayed a prayer? Mm. Let, let me tell you something. I don't want to have heaven's gates and hell's flames and leave you going to hell. I want you to know there are people sitting in the church. I don't want to say this church, but there are people sitting in the church that are going to hell. That believe that going to church every Sunday and being a good person is going to get them to heaven. It won't. You can't do enough to get there. You have to make a decision. And it's not just to walk the aisle and pray a prayer. It is a fully lifelong decision for Christ. Becoming a Christian is not a one-shot deal. What has happened to the church that we believe that you can just walk an aisle and you're done? You want to know what I got from this conference this week? I think that we think we're going to heaven. And I, I personally have had to have a gut check. Am I saved? Yes, I'm saved. I know it. I know it. You know how I know the Holy Spirit tells me. That's his job. He confirms in me that I've received Jesus Christ. But I will tell you, nobody, everyone needs to wake up and look at their, themselves and look at the life that they're living and really, have I changed or haven't I? If I haven't, something had better give. Let me tell you, this is a good message. This, this, this is where the church has got to be. If we don't get this right, we are absolutely playing a game and we're going to miss it. We need a life change. We need to be so, it needs to be obvious who we serve. Let me tell you something I'm going to be trying to do in the next few months is I want it to be obvious who I serve. Out of my mouth comes the abundance of the heart. Is it coming out of my mouth? No, it's not been. It's not been. Well, I'm, we're going to start from the top. I'm going to, I'm going to do my best to absolutely live a life passionate for Christ. It's the only way we're going to reach this lost world. Everything else is a game. Next week we're going to really go hard at where the church is. What we're doing. Are we on board? Are we not? What's going on? There are four things I want us to look at about how to change your heart toward what God wants. What God, how God wants to bless you. God wants to bless you. I know you're sitting there thinking, man, he's being pretty rough today. Yeah, I don't know that I'm living that life. Good. Change. I don't know that I'm fulfilling. I don't know that I've changed since 10 years ago when I got saved. 
Really, I don't think I have. Good. Change. Change. It's not too late. There will come a day where it's too late. But God's a gracious God. He'll let me in. No, there will come a day that door will not be open anymore. Why not today? Jump off that cliff with both feet, head first. Catch me, Lord. I'm not going to make it anyway. Catch me, Lord. Hallelujah. Four things. I'm going to give you an acrostic. Don't y'all just love those? Pastors do that just to kind of look kind of neat. Give. Give. How to develop a giving heart. Give. Four things to do as I close this message to understand how to develop a giving heart. Number one, we have got to gain, come on, gain the victory over a selfish heart. We have got to gain the victory over a selfish heart. Deuteronomy. God said that I want, to, I want you to gain the victory over a selfish heart. Verse 7 and 8 in the same chapter, Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 7. If there's a poor man among you, your brothers in any town of the land that the Lord your God has given you, I want you to help this brother. And I want you not to be hard-hearted or tight-fisted toward your brother. Rather, be open-handed and freely lend him what he needs. The wisdom of God is amazing. We have to gain victory over a selfish heart. It is normal to be selfish. It's, the, the, it's normal in the flesh to be selfish. We have got to learn to give. We've got to learn to not respond according to what we need. It says if your brother needs, give to him. Do you have a brother in need? Give to him. It doesn't have to be financial. It can be your time. It can be a meal. Give to them. The second thing, I'm going to go quickly. For I is ignore. Ignore a grieving heart. Verse 10, he says, I want you, in 15 verse 10, he says, I want you to give generously to him, and I want you to do it without a grudging heart. Then, because of, the, uh, because of this, the Lord is going to bless you in all your work and everything you do and you put your hand to. Ding, 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 ding. What's just happened? God's just said, you got a man hurting, go give to him. I'm not worried about whether you have anything to give to him, what you've got, whatever you've got is good enough, give to him. If you do, and do it with the right attitude. What are we trying to do? We're trying to ignore a grieving heart. What what about grieving? What happens when you give? Immediately you second guess. You think immediately what I could have done with that. What I could have bought with that. What I could have done with that. You know, have you ever given something to your buddy? Maybe you had an extra lawnmower and you, you just gave it to him and let him have it. Next thing you know, the next day, your lawnmower breaks. Thanks a lot, God. That really worked out great. What a blessing. The King James says, instead of a grudging heart, he talks about a grieving heart. So many times that's what happens when we give. Or you tithe and you go home and your car breaks down. You give your tithe and you've just really sowed in faith and you can't even get to the street and your car breaks down. Well, glory to God. Hallelujah. I just feel great about what I've done today. Or all of a sudden your son winds up with a hole in his pants after you've just given your old pants away to somebody else. God says if you give with a generous heart, you're going to have 
You're going to have to gain the victory over a selfish heart. Then you're going to have to learn how to deal with that grieving heart. What does he say he'll do? Then he will bless you. And where your hands go, what you put your hands to, I'm going to bless that. But do you see, you've got to do the front end. He's not going to show you the, the back end. It's like Ruth Ann. Ruth Ann had to go and give her tithes. She didn't know why. She wasn't thinking, I hope I'm going to give this so I can find my wallet. Nope. Nope, I'm in need, so I'm going to give. Man, what a concept. Elizabeth didn't sit down with her and say, you, you, need, you need more money, go give. Nope, she said, my brothers and sisters have just gotten some money and they're tithing. I didn't get any money, but I'm tithing. I need. Hallelujah. I have a need. How do I meet that need? Give. It's not even talking about giving to the church right now. It's talking about giving to your brother. Lord's going to bless you. Bless your hands. How many here needs the Lord to bless the work of your hands? You know, when the Lord starts blessing the work of my hands, it becomes a multiplier that I can't hardly, you can't stop the blessing from coming. When God starts blessing you in your work, starts increasing you in your work, starts exalting you in your work, look out. Where's the, where's the, where's the cap? There is no cap. God will bust through those caps. You go to the top of that business, you'll go to another one. You go to the top of that, you'll go to another one. You keep hanging in there, you will keep moving up. You start thinking you're all this and forget God, you'll start moving down. Woo! Amen, that is good. Hmm, next thing. Next thing. Got to gain victory over the uh, selfish heart. We got to ignore a grieving heart. Next thing is we've got to value a generous heart. Deuteronomy chapter 15 verse 14 says, Supply him liberally with your, from your flocks, your threshing floor and your wine press. Give people as the Lord blessed you. Verse 15. And remember that you were slaves in Egypt and the Lord your God redeemed you and that is why you are commanded to give today. In other words, God's saying don't give your old ratty holy Holy, uh, H-O-L-E, holy clothes. Give them good clothes. I know a pastor who had a clothing ministry and he said, man, I had to shut it down because all the people were bringing was their junk. Not even the needy wants your junk. If, if they come to the church and we give them the stuff we don't want, what is that saying about God? Come to, this, come to the Lord. He'll give you the stuff nobody wants. When you're in need, do you want somebody to give you something half wore out that's just going to last for a little bit and you're going to be half embarrassed to wear it and it's going to just say, look how, look how in bad shape I am? No, I want to be given something that says, man, look how good I am. I'm falling apart, but man, I look good. Amen? It's also talking about, remember, what it says, remember that you were slaves in Egypt. What is that saying? Try to remember when you didn't have anything and how you, how you wanted somebody to meet that need and me, go meet the need. Remember about that time when you, when you were lost and somebody sought you out and got you saved. 
you know, if that's your only driving factor for heaven's gates and hell's flames, remember how somebody sought you out. And maybe the way you seek them out is coming in here and serving, rolling your sleeves up and working. Because you know what? We're going to cast some nets out and we are going to catch some fish. It's our calling. It's God's will. And he says, go throw the nets right over here. And you know, when we throw them where he says to throw them, we're going to reel them in for his glory. I'm not boasting. I'm boasting in God. It is such a joy. The greatest joy is what you can do for other people. The truth is you're not going to be happy consuming more on yourself than what you need. But the level of happiness that you find when you say, I remember when I was on that end of the stick. I remember when I didn't even think God loved me. I remember when I didn't have the faith in my heart. And you know what? You know what, God? I would rather be a part of a giving family, a giving church with full baskets than living a half basket, living with a half basket not able to help people. We need our baskets full. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. You know how you get there? You get there by giving. It, has no, it, it makes no difference where you are right now financially. God's kingdom and his laws are yes and amen. They are true and they work every time. The richest men in the world, even though they may be heathens, are, are rich because they give. Go and look at Bill Gates. He is a tremendous giver. Go and look at the Vanderbilts, the Carnegies. They were huge givers. God's plan works. Give. Give. Finally, victory over a selfish heart. Ignore a grieving heart. And value a gener generous heart. You know, I believe God's saying, Paul, okay, this is the vision in your heart for your life. How much money? What resources? What's it going to take for you to do the vision that I'm calling you to do? I believe the Lord's saying, okay, church on the hill, what's it going to take? What do you need? What's the need? Why don't you just forget, God's saying to me, why don't you just forget about who you are and what you can't do? And why don't you jump into my plan and figure out I can meet the need. In my life, in my family, we want to look at our mortgage, our bills, everything coming at us. And God says, what do you need? What do you need? Trust me. I will meet your need. But you've got to trust me. Fully. The Lord's calling his church to fully trust him. Not be some weekend bride. Be a spotless bride. You know, the church has got some cleaning up to do to be a spotless bride. That's what I'm called to be. That's what you're called to be is the spotless bride. And you know what? You cannot do it on your own. It takes the blood of Jesus. Finally, entertain. A faithful heart. Deuteronomy chapter 15 verse 19. It says, set apart for the Lord your God every firstborn male of your herds and flocks. Don't put the firstborn of your oxen to work and don't shear the firstborn of your sheep. 
In other words, he's saying, I'm going to make it real easy for you. I'm going to ask you to do it first. When I ask you to do it first, you're going to know whether or not, you're going to know whether you're entertaining generosity in your heart or whether you're not. And if you aren't, remember when your oxen go to work, those are my oxen that you stole from me. Do You know it says that when we, when we don't tithe, when we don't give our offerings, we rob God. Well, that preaches. Will a man rob me? Yet you rob me in tithes and offerings. Do you all know that scripture? You got to know that scripture. You can't, you can't come to church and not hear that. Amen? Why? Because the church needs my money. No, because God wants you lined up for blessing. God wants to be over your money. He wants to be God, not your money. So he's saying right now that, you know what, when you have robbed me of my tithe and my offering, when you stop giving and you go out here and go to work with these things I have provided for you and you have basically robbed of me. I have given you these tools. I've given you that tractor. I've given you that job. And when you come up short at the first of the month, when I say to give to me at the very beginning, why? Because if you wait till the end, it won't be there. You give at the beginning. That what you've got, you've robbed from me. It was mine to begin with. It will remain mine, by the way, whether you give to me or not. But I've given you this. Now, your produce, you've robbed. That was mine. You're to give to me right in the very beginning. Why? Because God wants to bless you the rest of the month. Dave Ramsey talks about uh, too, much, too much month at the end of the money. Anybody ever heard that? You know how to defeat that? Give. And have too much money at the end of the month. What's that to be used for? To give. You know what, when God sees that process happen, He'll give you more. And when He sees the givers give, He'll give you more. When you don't give, He will take away from what you've got and give it to somebody who will give. Hallelujah. You know what, today I'm not after the tithe and offering, I'm after your brother. Go win your brother by giving to him. And you know what? Go get yourself under the fountain of blessing by giving to him. And it's a give to him liberally. You can't, out, you can't outgive this. Uh, God says, I'll get you. Don't worry about it. I got you. Isn't that good? Give your firstborn. What did it say about our firstborn? I'm going to close right here. When you study the Bible originally, the first child you had, the first male child, he was to go into the house of the Lord to make sure the house of the Lord was taken care of. And then the tenth of your grain and the firstborn of your flock, it would go to make sure that God's law was being taught and people's hearts were developing the way they should. Let me ask you a question this morning. Can we see what great curse selfishness has brought in our country? The biggest reason people are divorced today is because of money. How many of you are glad that we can get out of this judge and condemning camp and we can get into the forgiving and giving camp? Hallelujah. And how many, how many of you know God is faithful? He is faithful. How many know that God can fill your bucket? Do you know He knows how to fill your bucket? If we believe that his power can overcome our poverty and lack. Amen. I believe. 
I believe that as we take God's word, you know, the whole time I was hearing these preachers preach this weekend, you know, what I could think of is I can do all this work on my iTunes account, put all these songs in my, on my iPod, but if I don't hit the apply button, nothing happens. I've got to hit apply. You've got to go out of here today and take what you've gotten and hit the apply button. You are not going to receive a blessing just by sitting here and hearing this. You're going to receive a blessing by hearing and doing. Now it's your part. Go do. Go forth and multiply. Amen? Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your blessing. I thank you for your way, Lord. Your way is, is really, if we could just grasp it, is so easy. But it's so hard. It's so easy, but it's so hard. Lord God, I thank you for your son Jesus and that you died on the cross for our sins. You died a bloody death, a painful death to take all of my sin so that I wouldn't have to pay that price. Your word says if I want to be blessed, stop judging. And start loving. Your word says if I want to be blessed. Stop condemning. And start forgiving. Do I want people to, to be good to me? So good to them. God's word says you want to prosper. You want to be refreshed. Refresh someone. Church, there's a call today for the church, for the church to stand up and to change. To no longer live the way that we're living, but to totally live for Jesus Christ. Would you make that decision today? You may say, Pastor, I've never even received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Then I want you to pray this prayer with me. You may say today, Pastor, I've been saved, but I am not living for Christ. Is that you with no heads with no heads looking around, every head bowed and every head, uh, every eye closed? Just slip your hand up and say, I want to live for Christ. I see those hands. I want to live for Christ. I see those hands. I want to live for Christ. I can do more. I have been falling short. I see those hands. Thank you, Lord. Would you just pray this prayer with me? Everybody just pray it with me. You may not have raised your hand, but you wanted to. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I thank you for saving me. Lord Jesus, I thank you for rescuing me right where I am. Lord Jesus, change my heart. Turn my heart back to you. Lord Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Help me to walk out of here differently. Thank you, Lord. Your word says that they will know we are Christians by our love. Does this world know that you're a Christian by the way you act? I want to charge you this week to make a change. 
live for Christ. Give your heart to Him. Let people know how good God is. If you prayed that prayer for the first time in your life, I want you to know that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, never to be blotted out. That as you turn your heart genuinely to the Lord, begin to get into His Word, begin to get plugged into a good local church, that the Lord is going to give you an abundant life. His Word says that He came to give us life and life more abundant. As we step into that abundant life, you may be here today and you just may say, Pastor, I need prayer. My life is falling apart, my marriage, my health. I'm falling apart. And you may need prayer. Well, I want you to know that God is a God that answers prayer. But the key is we need to ask. We need to exercise our faith and say, I believe that God is a healing God and I'm going to ask Him for help this morning. We all stand up with me? Those that are ministering, come on down. We want to pray with you this morning. Whatever your need, no matter how big or how small, step out in faith and let us pray with you as we sing. Amen.